any technology uh, available until three and a half years ago. You know, and I mean, I'd never been on the internet. Yeah. And uh, so it's all brand new to you. And I had, didn't have a smartphone. I had an old brick phone, a Radio Shack brick phone, which was state of the art when I. Uh, was taken away from the world. <laughs> so how does it feel holding uh, all these new iPhones? Uh, if, it feels... You know, I'm still developing my thoughts about it. I have mixed emotions. There's real, uh, it can do, you can do so much with it, but then it's so demanding, too, of your time and your attention, and, and it speeds everything up. You know? So... Uh, yeah, yeah. So... It's harder to relax with if people have yeah. too many demands on your time. You have to try yeah. to decide what, what to prioritize. I mean, I get an email a minute, you know, now I, because I <laughs> answered some stupid, uh, 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 what are the, uh, Facebook message, Twitter. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> well, no, no. It was on. Well, in, uh, what is it when they uh, Instagram. Facebook Messenger, TikTok. Uh, survey. Survey. Surveys. Oh, the surveys. surveys were what got me. You got a survey? I took one. From where? Fuck, fine. Oh, I can't remember now. So someone just but texted I, Probably you. a couple. Because, you know, oh, you get this thing, you, you know, you get 100 bucks if you do the survey. It's some scam. I don't know. Oh, whatever. yeah, there's lots of scams. Or we got a TV for you or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I, I probably filled out a couple of those before I realized that it was just... You know, I suddenly got bombarded with with spam phone calls, texts, just. It, but where'd you find the surveys at? I don't know where they come to me. Uh, they came to me on emails and. Oh, got it. Yeah, you got to be text. careful because uh, they're trying to get your information through all those. Yeah, I know. And then you got to be careful with what you. And then last night it was even. Yeah. I, uh, I had somebody try to spam, uh, scam me for a dollar ninety-five to charge me on my uh, on my card, and they pulled it up. They said we suspect this is fraudulent. You know, Barclays did dollar ninety-five, <laughs> and so they shut down my card. And I said, that wait a minute. Strange. I said no. Well, I said no. Don't. He said, what's in your new card? I said no, no, man. I need. I I don't have one call. I got everything on auto pay, and yeah. so. So I've already been charged by one person $35 yeah. uh, for, uh, uh, because they didn't get the auto pay. And uh, so anyway, it just, so they said, okay, we'll keep the same card. But then they, it happened again. Yeah. Five days later, they pulled it up. So I finally said, okay, give me the new card. What's well, happened twice? Yeah. And then, so then I thought I had it all worked out, but then my phone... Now, I don't know who called, cut me off last night, but they just cut off my voice on the phone. Really? And so I couldn't talk. I couldn't speak to anyone because, uh, but they, uh, so they couldn't hear me, but I could text. Yeah. So I don't know if it was the phone company that didn't get the auto pay or Google Cloud. And I don't know how they would have been involved in that, but I think that's who shut, I don't, I don't know. So how, how new are you to all of this? Oh, man, three years. Oh, so, <laughs> like, I, I. I feel pretty overwhelmed and I, I've been, you know, I've been evolving with all this technology. So like I, even I get pretty bombarded with all this noise and, and notifications and ex distractions from everywhere. Oh, tremendous. But, but you having been, um, 
in a way, in a time capsule. Wouldn't you agree? Well, yeah. I mean, I, for anybody that didn't know, I was in prison for 25 years in the federal prison, and, and I had majored in fine arts in college, and I, so that's what. I had I had the ability to either go to the state or the feds, and they both were playing hardball with me, just because they could. So anyway, I went with the feds for art, right? <laughs> because they had a better art program, because it's going to be about the same time either one. Yeah. And uh, so I, anyway, that's what I did. I, I taught people art in college. I mean, in, in prison for twenty five years, well, twenty four years, and had to work my way into the position, but it was pretty easy. Well, how was life in, inside prison, if you don't mind me asking? Well, it, uh, the, the, <laughs> the guards are generally, they all wanted to be cops, but, but they couldn't pass either the, psycholo the psychological test. Right. So they wind up as prison guards. That's, inevitably, that's true. They, they didn't start out saying, I want to be a prison guard. So yeah. when, when, when you get there and you talk to these guys, like, how do they treat you? Well, so, some of them, especially guys, some of the military guys are real gung-ho. They think it's their job to, to uh, punish you, to make your life more miserable. And then uh, uh, other people, uh, other guys are pretty good guys. They're just trying to do their job and go home. Some people are understanding, some aren't. It just, uh, but all in all, the system is just totally whack. It's, in any case, uh, you don't have control over your life. Right. You have to, well, there are ways you can exert control, in, with, but it's so limited. You're in such a limited environment. Right. But within the art department, by, you've got to have a, uh, a hustle. Yeah. Present. You have to do some, just like in the world, you have to do something, whether it's, some people make incense, some people give, uh, uh, give massages or, or something to make, a, to trade for what they need. Right, know? right. And uh, Was I had a, num a number of things that I did. So how did, how did art come into, into play when you were at prison? Uh, <laughs> you know, the... Uh, uh, nobody wants to go to the hole and people get in fights. Right. Because you lose all kinds of benefits that you've acquired over a period of time. If the, you lose your cell and go to the hole, you lose your cell, you, you know, your whole environment. And, uh, and nobody wants to go there, but if you get in a fight, and, and you're, you're going to go. Yeah. And so uh, people try to... Well, but they're going to fight, and they're going to get black eyes and stuff, and they'd come to me, and they'd say, where's the artist at? You know? <laughs> oh, I see. And I got pretty good at matching their skin tones and wow. painting away their, their uh, bruises and their, you know, all their marks. And, then, uh, and I don't think anybody ever got caught from it. And really? it was all of the different gangs used, needed, you know, that service, so. I don't think they were anxious to lose me, you know. So you and they'd say, "Hey, man, what do I owe you? That's great. Good looking <laughs> out." And I said, "Nah, I might need you guys someday." You know. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's just. Uh, so apart yeah. from painting people's faces and bruises, <laughs> <laughs> what type of uh, paintings do you 
what do you tell people that you make? You know, those for those people that aren't, uh, I guess, artistically educated, like, you know, how there's surrealism and yeah. all those types of uh, different types of art, how would you describe your painting to someone who is not that, yeah. you know, savvy or well, when it comes to art and, and describing it technically? Yeah. Mm. Well, I call my, my work uh, conceptual realism, and that's going to go over everybody's heads, you know. They have to explain what that is. You know, so I was painting ideas, you know, and uh, I, I generally try to sh just show someone. I try to show them a picture, you know. To, uh, it's hard. Yeah. So basically you're saying you have a huge imagination. I think, you know, imagination is something you have to practice. It's something like, like you work out, you build muscles, you work your, your imagination, you work your creative ability. Some people tell me, no, no, it's not true. Everybody can't do this, but, well, it certainly helps. You've got, the more you exercise your creativity. When I would teach guys, uh, the, the hardest lessons that they had to learn was uh, the, the hardest class for them was when I'd say, okay, I want you to create something. Right. And they'd just sit there and stare at a blank sheet of paper for an hour. Yeah. Or some guys, they'd try to, to reach in that, they'd try to paint a dream, something they dreamed, a dream they had. But you don't really dream in pictures, you dream in, uh, in feelings and emotions and visual symbols and sounds and I mean all kinds of all thrown together and it's hard to reduce it to a picture because it's just not a concrete picture your dream generally isn't but anyway that's pretty that was the hardest class for people to get into and what was I said it? just start just start yeah. scribbling okay yeah that's what I was about to ask what do you tell them when yeah. they were stuck yeah, and still some of the guys just couldn't do anything. It couldn't, just couldn't do it. Couldn't make that first mark on that. It'd be a, a couple hours of just looking at a blank piece of paper you know, and tapping and, and feeling uncomfortable. Uh, uh, but uh, other guys, would, I'd, I'd tell them, yeah, just, just start moving the pencil on the paper. Just let it go. Uh, paint, an, paint a feeling. You know, I mean, draw a feeling or... You know, you draw mad, angry. You can draw angry, that ought to be easy. You don't have to, uh, or, you know, try, try, try just making something happy, make a happy line, you know, I just... Yeah, whatever. Yeah, try, try, trying to think of it in different terms, you know, but... What about nowadays? Do people come and, and tell you, uh, hey, can you teach me how to paint? You know, I've been wondering lately whether I ought to, because a lot of people do say they would like to, you know, they'd like to learn, or they'd like to use, come watch me paint or something, you know, learn, and maybe I should, maybe I should try to, I don't know that I'm around enough, I don't know yeah. how I could, well, what, how where, I could where, have a class if I could teach some kid, people. Where, where would people uh, have an opportunity to see your paintings, first of all? For those that, you know, are, are listening and, and hearing you for the first time, uh, right now I've got I've got like 160 paintings out right now. Where where can we go? Well, check them out. They're in the Harlingen uh, Museum of Arts and Heritage, and uh, Harlingen Museum of Arts and Heritage. Of that's arts going and heritage. on till no, end of November. 
I believe. And we just had a show in uh, at the Phoenix Gallery in in McAllen on Main Street. Uh, I was there. When, I don't. I don't think I saw you there. But I, I was. I was there. There was lots of people. Yeah, I, I had a whole room to myself. No, no. He, he. I saw your paintings. They're oh. amazing. But I. I don't think I met you. Uh, well, I. Th I think you were introduced as a photographer. Oh, so, met. so yeah. I did meet you then. Yeah. <laughs> And then uh, had a, I've also got five paintings from prison. I'm involved in the prison reform movement and, and uh, other group, Arts for Justice, or J Justice Arts Coalition, which uh, JAC. You know, they, they have Zoom calls. Now, that's something that's cool. You know, I, could, I never could have done that before. Right. Know. It's a place where technology just really uh, makes communication so much uh, simpler and instantaneous. But uh, we were talking, and I was telling them about some of this, about what it was like in prison. Uh, right. Uh, and there was uh, like a professor from Mexico City, one from San Francisco, somebody from New York was on there on this Zoom call, you know, which is sort of cool. But I, I have five paintings in an exhibition in Virginia right by uh, uh, the, uh, uh, you know, D.C. Right. They used to, it's, it's in an old prison, I understand. Oh, this, wow. this gallery is. So. Uh, and it's, uh, oh, I've got a couple paintings at another gallery, yeah. Innovations. So you're, you're in a lot of places. Yeah, and then I've got... Uh, I just dropped off two at the at IMAC. They're wow. going to have a group show there. Then I've got a, a gallery I show out in Houston. I think I've got eighty paintings there now. So I've got a bunch out. And uh, uh, so when but it, I have but I have all these paintings, yeah. man. I, yeah. But I, how, how did this all get started? How, when did you um, discover this passion for uh, for painting? Oh, I was maybe 12 or so, and I had a, I had a couple little tubes of paint, only three colors, I think, in white, and, uh, uh, and I had a canvas board, but I didn't have any, any brushes, mm -hmm. <laughs> and I, uh, remember I, I, uh, I, I took some uh, uh, toothpicks. <laughs> And I, I chewed the ends of them into like little brushes, and I yeah. painted this board with those. Wow! And my my grandmother kept that painting all, all her life on her wall, so she thought that was wow. Uh, so, I, and I think what, having the involvement of my, especially my grandmother. What What did you paint, if you don't mind me asking? In that, cry. it was with the toothpicks. <laughs> it, uh, it was uh, a. Uh, Water, it was waves, and I think that I don't remember a shoreline, I think it was just waves. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, is that yeah. still existing? That painting, God, I don't know. I don't know. I don't. How much do you think it'll be worth now? Oh, no. <laughs> sentimental value, <laughs> nothing. <laughs> nothing. I don't think it was. He's <laughs> not dead yet. I don't know. Um, you know, value something there. So, have you ever sold a painting? I just sold a few. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, and oh. you try to work your 
You know, they say you have to die before your paintings are worth anything. <laughs> it's really, no, it's based on a couple artists, you know, like yeah, which Van Gogh, you oh, know, yeah. I think he set that. But there were an awful lot of artists that were very popular in their times and uh, and even wealthy that were forgotten when yeah. they died. Or, and maybe they'll be rediscovered a hundred years later. But, you know, <laughs> while half of their stuff winds up in a... At Goodwill, or yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then maybe rescued by someone, huh? Yeah. <laughs> well, I I've seen your paintings, and uh, I have to say, they're definitely really really good. <laughs> I don't know what's the well, right you. word. Hey, that's but really like, nice. That's but, very. But what I'm saying is like I'm not just saying it, just because I've I've seen paintings and they don't make me really feel anything. They're just, you know, they're there. But with yours, there's, there's a, a depth to Thank to you. these paintings. There's a, a story behind it, and, and it helps that you're, you have so many types of stories that you're sharing. Because I've <laughs> seen, I've seen everything from uh, animals on a boat, uh, in the ocean to the Rio Grande Valley, uh, to a dream. Well, people. Uh, a lot of people, it depends on the generation, too, and the upbringing. Some people don't want to make any real statement. So they want to put art on their walls at home that that is decorative. That's, uh, it doesn't really say anything. They don't want to offend anybody or make it. They, they, so they don't really want to make a statement in their life. There's too many people are like that. They don't uh, I guess they're afraid they rather, to offend or yeah. uh, they're... they're uh, their friends that they hang out with. But, yeah. But I think younger people like my stuff a lot. And people that can't afford to buy it like it a lot. <laughs> and Why Why do you think that is uh, the case? I, being younger, I th maybe uh, the, the indoctrination has been different. Maybe they have more of an open mind. I, I feel like artists are somewhat a, a, ahead of their times often. Uh, uh, that society catches up with them. And, and some of these paintings I have now, I was in the joint for 25 years you know, that I painted these things. And, and I, maybe they were even uh, stranger to people then. Mm -hmm. and like the, you say, the, the boatload of animals. Well, was, all those folks were fleeing Africa because they, they, they hadn't watched for a life, a better life somewhere. Right. Because they, they were being persecuted where they were, and well, I think, well, what about the animals? You know, the lions and tigers. And they got no place to go. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I uh, was wanting to ask you uh, this elephant in the room type of question, which is, do you mind sharing why you went to prison? Uh, I. That, that question is, uh, it's not really easy. You can, let me t just talk about the prison system a little yeah, bit. Yeah, go ahead, whatever you want that, to share. That a uh, it isn't a judge that sentences anymore. The judge has no power. The power is all in the hands of the prosecutor because you can, any crime that someone commits can be, they can be charged a dozen different ways, 20 different ways. Each one, and, and they put out mandatory sentences for each crime, so the judge can't 
take anything into account and doesn't have any leeway to depart from the guidelines. So, uh, so the prosecutor, uh, he can hit you with, uh, I, I, I'm not prepared to tell you how many different ways you can phrase something. Uh, aiding and abetting is something they throw in there. Uh, mm -hmm. There are a lot of different things that they've thrown in, and they all mean different years that you're going to get. And so you get the defense attorney and the prosecuting attorney together, and they say, well, you know, I've got this guy coming in next week, and I want to take care of him. And, and, and so I'll go with you with this guy, but mm -hmm. I want some help next week. And that's the way it's a trade-off. It's yeah. really not in the hands of the, the prisoner so much. You know, right. the money controls it. And then what I... Uh, <laughs> and, and then the details are important on this. Uh, I was charged with use of a firearm d during the commission of a drug crime or crime of violence. Right. Okay, use doesn't mean you could not have a gun and just tell somebody you did, and that could be construed as use of a firearm. You could, you could, uh, it's, it's not, doesn't mean anything was shot. Use doesn't mean shot, doesn't mean brandished even, it just mm -hmm. means... It's anything, a gun. Yeah. yeah. Okay, then, uh, if, so if, if you have, let's say you're selling pot out of your house, and, they, uh, uh, and you're arrested there, but you have a gun in your closet that you could legally have, mm -hmm. well, they could still throw that at you, and then right. they're going to add on that time on your sentence. They're going to say, you're going to get convicted of use of a firearm uh, during the commission of a drug crime, which was mm -hmm. sales of... Uh, marijuana and okay so I was sentenced with two counts right and the two counts uh, uh, now the, there was a Supreme Court decision on whether uh, whether to have a, okay it reads and f the statute reads and for a second and subsequent conviction it's a mandatory 25 years or tw at my time, it was 20 years. So I said, first offense is, uh, is five years. A second and subsequent offense is an additional 20 years. So they had a Supreme Court decision which said that, well, one side said, no, you, you, there have to be two court hearings, two arrests. There have to be two dockets, you know, there has to be, and to have a subsequent, you know, uh, offense. And the, but the majority, five to four, said, no, it could be on the same indictment. You could do something twice. Let's say you go out and rob two, two uh, liquor stores, one one night and another one the next, that they could call that the second time, a second and subsequent offense, and then double, right. and then hit you twice with enhancements. Wow. So, which is sort of what happened to me with, because they, I wasn't convicted of any underlying offense. I was just convicted of use of a firearm during the commission of a, of a crime, but I w did, wasn't convicted of any crime. Yeah. So you get out <laughs> after how many years? 25 years. You got to do 25 years. So then what, what? What's the first thing on your mind? <laughs> well, yeah, ob obviously, uh, uh, Connecting with some of your, your your family and friends up there, mm -hmm. and 
and getting laid is, is, <laughs> is right up there at the top. And uh, taking care of your medical issues, right, especially right. for an older guy, because yeah. they don't really do much in there. And people don't realize that hey, you have to buy your own salt in federal prison. They don't even give you salt. At dinner, you know, and your meal. But I, I don't really want to talk about it, make this whole thing about prison. It, it had a big effect on my paintings, and, and is the reason why I have I have a lot of paintings. I couldn't sell them. Yeah, I couldn't find a market for my paintings because uh, yeah. I was locked up, and and it's hard to find someone out in the world that's willing yeah. to go through everything it takes to get your work out there, and and. Uh, and presented it, present it, you know. Uh, so, I, to, well, I guess I'm going to wind up talking a lot about prison. Let me. I, I, I had to, I painted portraits yeah. to make a living in prison. Right. That was my basic hustle. <laughs> painted portraits. Nice. Yeah, for people. And so there's a lot of people who, who own portraits out there for me. Yeah. yeah. And I don't have a record of a lot of them because I, I really didn't have a way to record them. Or, yeah. Like, anyway. I I was at the gallery, um, and I saw that there was this flyer with a, a bio. Did you write that? Uh, no. Uh, I, I Somebody quoted me a couple of times in it, but somebody else wrote it. Do you mind, do you mind reading that for the public? Uh, well, I, I guess I could. Because I, I think it was very beautifully written about you. Is this? You know, there's there's different ones. There's one on the website. Well, talk talk but to us about one, the website. Tell us tell us your information. Well, this is. Hmm. <laughs> reading glasses. I used to be I have twenty twenty vision. Do you want me to read it for you? It says, it's sort of embarrassing. It says, I'm quite content to be a painter of pictures. Painting has literally been my lifeline. It incorporates my life experiences connecting philosophy, physics, sociology, emotion, mysticism, eroticism with craftsmanship. I like to tweak the colors to tease the eye with a sense of light and expressed energy. I consider my work conceptual realism or perhaps conceptual impressionism. Born and raised in Dallas, Texas, the oldest of three children. It's, I don't remember writing this. Uh, I put, uh, uh, I put, I think he said he put his first brush to canvas at eight years old in 1965. Uh, I was 14 and I met my first true mentor, a Taos artist, Eric Gibbard. Eric was an impressionist artist who took a strong interest in me and, and remained a vibrant and uh, reverent influence in my life until his death in 1972. I attended the University of Houston Fine Arts program from 1969 to 1974, studying uh, under and a great group of people in what was then called the Annex. Inspiration flows from the varied quarters of my life, triumphs and failures, and the great artists living and dead, Today I continue to re, refine my vision and craft, always with an eye to creating art that will resonate with the public and the collector. 
My subjects range from landscapes and portraits, cityscapes, to those that are personal, idiosyncratic, humorous, and socially aware. Beautiful. Uh, <laughs> that's funny. Some, someone else wrote it, but then they put it back in the first person. <laughs> <laughs> so with that being said, where can people see your work? Where can they visit you? How can they get in contact with you? Well, let's see. I have a website that's it's not a sales site. It's just a, it's a list of all the paintings that I've done, or most of them. It's kept by a good friend of mine I grew up with. It's like his hobby. And it's henrydavidpontwin.com. There's a small sales site which has a few paintings for sale at potwinart.com. <laughs> My brother sells t-shirts mm -hmm. uh, at artattack, A-R-T-Y-T-A-C-K.com. Nice. nice. And I, I think, you know, if you go to artthrobs, <laughs> A-R-T-T-H-R-O-B-S.com, that that'll take you to my site too, uh, the Henry David Botwin site. It's, uh, I mean, I made a mess of uh, of uh, social media. When I get on it, I just mess it up. I put embarrassing things on there. Just, <laughs> but uh, I had so many, I don't know how many sites. Uh, they weren't all connected together, and some of them were just sort of pointless. They just. Yeah, you know, or they were repeating what was on another site. So. Um, I've been trying to put them together and make yeah. sense of them all. What about your next? Um, no, you mentioned in Harlingen. That's where they could see your for the local people. Yeah, Harlingen. Uh, well, and and then in McAllen, there's a uh, the uh, Phoenix Gallery. Phoenix and and uh, Innovations, Innovations, mm -hmm. which is a. Raquel Inojosa. Yeah. She has that there. I've got a couple of paintings over there now. And then the uh, Imus is going to open up a group a group show. I've got a couple of paintings in that one. And that's going to be on, I think, October 15th that it opens. Right. And then anytime they're in Houston, drop by Reeves Gallery. It's a neat gallery uh, on Taft and Fairview. Mm, okay. I've got a, quite a number of my paintings there. Right. Nice. And and then the websites the for websites sure. You can you see everything on there. For so sure. Awesome. I've got drawings on there. Also, I've got an awful lot of drawings. I've been trying to archive them. I'm not getting any younger, and and some of the papers are falling. You know, the papers turning brittle. <laughs> so I'm putting them all in plastic sleeves and getting everything sort of, you know, protected. If if there's one painting that you would have to pick for the world to see, which one would that be? A painting of yours, of course. <laughs> hmm. Well, you know, I've got a lot of favorites, <laughs> but I think right now I I did a uh, prepared. Uh, um, Multi well, it's uh, painted on wood. Uh, it's twelve feet long. It's a triptych, three, oh, three, yeah, uh, I saw that. three panels, and it's uh, 
Uh, it's called, uh, oh, what the hell is it called? <laughs> uh, a Seeking Asylum. Seeking Asylum. And uh, that one is found in the Harlingen Museum, yes, right? Right. It's at Harlingen Museum right now. And uh, well, yeah, I did that. That's one of the I did after I got out. I couldn't have gotten the materials to do that in prison. Mm -hmm. And it, boy, it took a lot of time. Yeah, it's it's very distinctive. <laughs> it pops at you. <laughs> so, uh, um, so my last question is: If you have a a message that you'd like to share, or anything you want to get off your chest. Um, for the people listening, watching, um, share, share with us. Mm. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, no matter how bad things can get, you know, you can uh, always find a, a way to turn them around and still, you know, get, uh, still make your mark. You know. Nice. Thank you for coming. Thank you. Awesome. That's a wrap. That's a wrap.